Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. All right, you may be seated. Today we have uh, the privilege of hearing from Jose again. Uh, If you don't know Jose and his family, uh, Jose works as a program director down at Camp Berea. And uh, he's shared with us before, and I think a lot of us really enjoyed it. So we're excited to have you back. Thank you, Jose. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm glad meme farming. I was basically meme farming. I was, everybody, you scroll through memes that come across Instagram or your Facebook or whatever it is, or you're on, on the web and you see something funny that somebody posted. And I, I came across this, uh, <coughs> this video before, but I don't, I don't really recall. But it, it actually sparked me wanting to talk about it a little bit. There was this Australian, uh, this Australian family, and all you, could see, all you hear is their voices talking. And then all you hear, you hear <coughs> like, because it's faint, like, out, out of nowhere. You don't know where it's coming from, but they're digging in the ground. And you're like, what are they doing? And there's just the middle of this pasture in their, their fields where they live. And they're, you know, they're talking in their Australian accents. And, and it's kind of funny, but, uh, and you can kind of see some kids' boots and kids' feet and hands. And they're digging, and they finally get the ground dug up. And there's this corrugated pipe. And you're like, Okay, it's just like this drainage pipe that's there. It's laying in the ground. Something must be in there. So they 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 get a one of those grind metal grinders out and they're grinding a hole because they can't get they can't cut it with a shovel because it's a it's a you know it's a three or three and a half inch four inch uh, corrugated pipe. And uh, so they start cutting. They cut a little hole in it, a little door, and they pull the door open. The door is probably no bigger than this wide, and out of it comes this little lamb. And then, and then they're holding it. They're like, it's just, I, I, like there's, I didn't see an entrance over here, over here, as far as we can see, like this way. He must have got in this thing. And immediately I thought of, I thought of us. I thought of humanity. And, and the, the plight of humanity and the relationship that we play to sheep. How many of you guys, did anybody grow up on a farm here? Any, you grew up on a farm? Did you guys raise sheep? Did you have sheep? What kind of farm, farm animals did you have? Horses, okay. Horses and cows. The, the sheep are uh, often thought to be one of the dumbest uh, farm animals. When in reality, it's, uh, their, their stupidity is kind of uh, a false, a false uh, identity, if you will. It's something that we attribute to them, and they're not really, in, animal, in the animal kingdom, they're not really uh, dumb animals. They are different animals, and they're, pa- they're, a, they're a herd animal. So more, more akin to like um, gazelles and stuff on the prairie or zebras on the prairie. That's kind of uh, what their mentality is like. So we, we falsely assume that they are, they are dumb because they do dumb things. They, <laughs> and that, that might be something we'll talk about in a, in a minute. Um, but I, wanna, I, wanna t- I want to uh, read, uh, reread uh, that part of the scripture because I want the one we just read that you have in your... Um, before you. Uh, verse 7. Let's, I'm going to read off here because I think I have a different version in my... I'm, I'm using the ESV when I'm 
on my Bible here, but uh, we'll read it. I'll read it again. I am the gate for the sheep. And uh, preface this by saying, if you're reading this in your Bible, this is uh, not black letters. It's for those that have the red letter edition, it is red letters. This is Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The, cheap, the, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So Jesus identifies something about him, his personality there. Now, I, I, was, I was trying to figure out what it was about the, the uh, stuck sheep that got me thinking. And it was, it's this idea that um, we are sheep, okay? We are, we are sheep. And as I did more research, I want to I unpack the idea of sheep first before we go to talk more about the shepherd. Because the shepherd is an important part of it. But the shepherd is, is, um, is a necessary, in our world, because the sheep has been domesticated so much, is a necessary person in a sheep's life because sheep are no longer most sheep are no longer wild that's that's important as well so this idea of sheep i'm going to open it up here i'm going to i want to i'm going to from because uh, i go okay i want i can find any any of you guys can type right now in your phones or online you can find anything about sheep and all the bible references to the sheep and the shepherd and all that stuff but i'm like i don't want that i want to see what the want to see what uh wikipedia is saying um, and it's funny enough that Wikipedia actually talks a little bit about the biblical relationship of sheep when, when, you, when you talk about sheep and shepherd and things like that. But from Britannica online, um, it, it, I'm going to read this off. See if it doesn't uh, resonate with you as uh, maybe our personalities are different. I know I'm do, I've been doing a lot of personality assessments right now, uh, but mostly for my good because I'm, I'm weird. But... Uh, uh, you guys pro- more than likely have way different personalities than me and even way different personalities than some of your closest friends. And uh, it's very important to understand. So see if this relates to you. From Britannica, it says, Sheep are basically timid animals who tend to graze in flocks and are almost lacking in protection from predators. Are we lacking in protection? Do we, do we pride ourselves on protecting each other? Right? We think we can. We think we can. We can. And as humans, we're, we're you know, we're the only, only species, only group of uh, cre- the created order that can do, that can do a higher level thinking like that. There is, uh, the, the interesting thing in this, in this thing is they are almost totally lacking in protection from predators. And I go, okay, so what does that mean? Well, I'm going to read, <laughs> I laughed when I read this. Um, after fleeing, because sheep are prey animals, so when they, sense, when they sense danger, what do they do? They run. But if one, this is the interesting thing about sheep. If sheep turn, one sheep, just one, all it takes is one sheep to turn and start moving, and the entire flock will move. It's, 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 it's this idea of hive mind, the, the mind of a beehive kind of thing. They, they will do uh, what the next one is doing the closest to them. So it kind of just transfers to the whole flock. So if you get one to turn, the rest of them will turn. But sheep will reform their group and then do what? Anybody know? 
they will look at their predator together. So they, so they get done running. They feel like they're safe distance off. So they're, and then they go all together and just stare. They stare like, like their staring is going to scare the person away. Uh, but it, it actually, it actually uh, does, has an effect on the, the, the predator, on a wolf or anything that might be uh, seeking to harm the sheep. And, and when they do that, if you guys watch Natural Geographic or any other, like, outdoor show, when, when you're talking about, I, I like to watch some of those things where you watch the, the plains of the Serengeti and you see all the animals moving and migrating and stuff, but then, you know, there's the one where the lion's chasing the, the little baby gazelle and stuff. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's na- nature, but you realize at that moment, like, the power of being together. Because if, if you can imagine the sheep staring down a, a wolf, and the wolf, be, wolf never will, he will rarely, unless he's really hungry, or the lion or whatever, in a pack animal, they, won't, they usually will not attack an entire pack because they risk, they risk death themselves. Because if the pack, if they get too close to the pack, the pack can turn and trample them. And basically surround them, keep them from, from escaping in their protective instinct. Can, can, as a herd, work together to thwart the predator. But it's not their natural thing. It's, that's kind of the last-ditch effort. So a predator, what do they do? Somebody, what do they do when they're seeking out prey? They stalk. What else? They look for the weak. <laughs> Divide and conquer. Isolate. Exactly, you guys. You guys are smart. You guys would pass college. Um, um, they are. They are. They are always looking for the weakest one. Unfortunately, that's just the way the natural world works, right? So they would. They would wait. They, the predator is patient. They know when to strike, and they use. They they will wait till the lagger, the, the one that lags behind, or the babies who can't keep up with the rest of the herd. And that's just that's just the nature of the beast, right? Nature of what happens. And so you see the, you see in, in constant, constantly you see these pictures of, of uh, the, the herd getting thinned out just because of sheer speed, distance, and, and area that they may be in. So they, they're, their safety and their numbers. Uh, it's asking me to cancel my typing. I didn't do typing. Uh, um, it, says, it, it says because the, the, the modern-day sheep has been domesticated, they lack some of the primitive, they, they, their primitive instincts haven't fully de- um, devolved or dissolved from them, but they are lacking, comparatively speaking. They're, because they rely, on, uh, they rely on humanity for a lot of their protection in modern day, our understanding of sheep. Okay. So, field of view. Anybody know what their field of view is? Which means how, how far they can see and what, what they can see? <laughs> Good. Just ask. Close. You're close, actually. <laughs> this is not Price is Right. Um, the, the, uh, a sheep has a, 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 upwards of a 300-degree view, which for, for me, it was just crazy. You think about that. I mean, like, we can't see. I can't barely see 50 degrees or whatever. But they can, they can actually stare this way and see like this, see that much field of view. So the funny thing is they walk in a, they, I'm teaching you about sheep because, believe it or not, this is you. Uh, 
<laughs> aside from the, the, the field of view thing. So when they walk, they never walk in a straight line, okay? It, this is kind of the, the things that they've, people that know sheep say. So uh, they, they walk and they wind. And you know why they wind? I, I, I recently moved from military. Ba- How many of you guys are familiar with the military? I saw a Korean vet, vet back there, military people. If you ever driven onto a military installation, Anybody ever driven onto a military installation or a government facility? It, when you go through a checkpoint, in today's world, it n- hasn't been always that case, but when you go in through a checkpoint, you drive in, you turn to the left, you turn to the right. You, make, and you go like this, and you wind w- like you're in a line going at Disney World, going to the check, just to get to the gate guard to say, yes, you can come in, and then you can drive one way anyway on the base or post or whatever it is. And the reason they do that is safety, is to check, to be able to see the sides of vehicles or the uh, different angles of vehicles underneath and around so that when you come in, you're you're basically exposing everything to them so that their cameras can see when the cameras are guarding the gate. So you're not just coming on, you can hide something behind you and don't see what's behind you. That's the purpose of it. Sheep move in a similar way. They wind in order to see their hiney. Because they, they turn their head so they can, because they have this large field of view. So if I turn their head, I can see my backside. I can protect myself. I can know when danger is coming. And it says that they can see danger. They can spot a predator up to, this blew my mind. I used to run track and cross country a long time ago. But um, they can see 1,200 to 1,500 yards, which is, if you do meters, you know, do some conversion. It's roughly the same. 1,200 to 1,500 meters. For those of you that don't understand what that looks like in reality, that is almost a mile. Of, you know, of course, with nothing impeding the view, but they could almost see a mile away. That is crazy. I mean, I can't see a mile. I mean, I, I don't even have glasses. So, um, but sheep... They do that. They move when they move together. They move in a winding fashion, which gets them in trouble sometimes too. Um, because what happens when one sh- everybody just follows the next person that's closest to them, right? So what happens to sheep is they really don't have an, a good long-range plan. When they, set out on a, when they set out on a journey, wherever they're going, wherever they're running from, they don't, they don't, they don't do a lot of calculation. They just start moving because that's, like I said, their instinct. They're sheep. So, in, 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 and I watched this other video because video is the way you, well, I learn anyway. Um, I watched this video of, of sheep in a, in a pen. They, they, it was in England because I don't know if we have pens and sheep in America, but in England they do. Uh, and, and in Ireland they do too. Well, they got into the neighbor's yard. They had found a hole somehow in a, the fence that had just been opened up. So, this whole herd was grazing in their neighbor's yard. Oh, that was great green pasture over there. We haven't eaten that grass yet. Let's go. So they, they got in their pa- his pasture, and he's like, he made this video. This young man, he made a video. He doesn't know anything about sheep. He's like, I know what to do. Scare them over there. So he, he scares them out to the, his bottom of his, his, of his field, the fenced-in yard of his. And, uh, and they just keep moving, and they hit, they hit the fence. They're at the corner of the fence. They're nowhere near where they came in because that's, you know, just behind them where they just, but they just started moving because they saw this guy out in the field going like this, trying to corral them up and they just get stuck in the corner and they're like, 
and they're just standing there until he finally makes his way to the fence all the way to the other end of his yard and kind of works along the fence and they start going oh there's somebody here danger and they start moving again and and they're like and you have to kind of guide them it's kind of like guiding a two-year-old but uh they're and they finally find the hole most of them scoot through and this the the little baby lamb gets stuck in the wire and what's, what's really weird is the mother, it's not weird, it's, it's actually natural, the mother comes back, you can see the mother come from the herd, from the flock, comes down to the, the stuck baby, and the guy's coming up because she thinks he's in danger, and the guy just gets him unloose, and she, he runs back to join the herd in the, the field. Now, I tell you this story of sheep, because uh, there, is, there is some biblical principles here, and there's something for us as the body, as the body of believers. Because the shepherd has, has, uh, has a couple tools in his tool belt. And what's interesting about sheep is you don't need a large, you don't need, it's not like driving cattle or anything like that. Because sheep respond to a threat. They respond out of instinct to a threat. And they move together. They, they, they're, not like, they're not the brightest individual animals, but together they work together to accomplish what they need to accomplish. And a shepherd can move a whole flock like I said, just by turning one of them. He can, he can negotiate an entire flock through whatever he, whatever, he, whatever he wants, wherever he wants to go. And a dog usually helps because they see a dog as a wolf. And for, uh, for other sheep farmers, there's, there's certain breeds that they will leave dogs out in the field if they don't tend to them all the time. Because shepherds used to sleep in the fields with the sheep to protect them. Um, the analogy that the analogy that came to my mind is Liam Neeson. Anybody know who Liam Neeson is? He's an actor. He, actor Taken. Yeah, the movie Taken is one of uh, it's it's my favorite movie. It, it and, and the the line the reason it's my favorite is because I'm a I'm a guy and I like this uh, protective idea of him. The way he protects his family. His daughter gets kidnapped and he has to go find her. He's a he's a operative who has a special set of skills right a special set of skills and he goes i will use them and i will find you and i will and i will kill you i will take care of you so i thought i i was trying to i was trying to figure out what kind of analogy would work there's two this is one the second one to come in a second um liam neeson is says to the people who capture his daughter because he's on the phone with them and he says i'm gonna find you i am gonna find you and i'm gonna hurt you for taking my daughter and at the same time to his daughter, he's saying, same time he's saying to them about his daughter, daughter, I'm coming for you. I love you. You haven't, you haven't been lost to me. Okay? I'm going to find you. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to do that. that is, and he sets out on the mission. He's successful. So that's the first analogy of what I think the shepherd is, what, who Jesus is in this story, uh, just to help us relate. The second analogy is, I'm like, who else? We are the body of church. We are the church. We know, we know this idea of a flock and of sheep. But what thing, group of people, or groups of people in this world most resemble sheep? Anybody have a guess? What group of people? Think of a, a very specific group of people. School children, specifically. The, uh, the, the best the best analogy for you to really understand sheep is to remember middle school. 
is trying to cover your hiney, your backside, and you're always, you are easily moved by the group, easily moved by the group. Uh, and I remember back when I was in sixth grade, uh, I went to school in Texas, and I, uh, I, there was, it was a large school. So sixth grade, my sixth grade class had about 750 people in it. It was huge. That was just my sixth grade class. Had we all dropped out by the time high, senior year happened, they we would have graduated 750, 800 people from our class instead of the 450 that did graduate. Uh, um, that, that's a different story. Um, so in middle school, uh, I, and I set my books on my desk. However, there was another set of books on my desk. And ladies, you will hate me for this. So I, I, I just, you will think less of me, which is, a, I'm fine with it. Um, the, uh, the books were, there was a set of books already on the table. Nobody was sitting at the little desk. So I set my books on, and I'm looking at these books on the desk. And one joker sitting next to where I was going to sit, he's like, that girl has nudies. That's her books. <laughs> and and uh, through, I don't know if he if he said something else to me or what he said to me, but I um, I got got it in my got it in in me to to um, to show my disgust for the cootie cootie girl who was not with her books, but her books were there. So I <laughs> right on her books, <laughs> sucking it in and throwing it out. It uh, she's stands right she comes standing right beside me uh teacher uh, uh, uh um and, and i had to go to the teacher's office teacher and, and tell he saw what i did everybody was like give me the ooh you're in trouble so in middle school it's very easy so i think of middle school i worked with a lot of middle schoolers but it's very easy to identify with this idea of sheep so where are you going with this jose uh, the whole, the whole idea in the gospel, there is. He's talking about the church in, of Israel, uh, the Israel's Israelites. Sorry, the Israel's the Israelites. He's talking about the church. He's talking about. Uh, he's talking about Christians. The most popular verse in the uh, it relates to sheep is. What do you think it is? There's, yeah, there's two. The two most popular verses. Psalm 23 talks about the pasture, talks about we are the sheep, we are the people, and all that stuff. And then the other ones are the parable of the lost sheep. So the parable of the lost sheep found in, in Matthew chapter 18 and Luke chapter 15 in the two of the three synoptic gospels. And, and in that part of the Bible, the lost sheep, the parable of the lost sheep, let's look at that for together Matthew we'll do uh Matthew chapter 18 oh my gosh my bible just reset um Matthew chapter 18 so if you have your bible turn to Matthew chapter 18 I'll go to that verse there Matthew chapter 18 it is down at verse 10 uh we're gonna go uh verse 10 11 12 13 See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And then Jesus says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of, of the one that went astray? And if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the, over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. What happens to a sheep who is not with 
the hurt. It gets picked off. It's, it, it's at risk, severe risk of dying, of, of being caught, of not being able to defend itself. A sheep that is not with the, the flock. So I, I used to think that this uh, story, I'm like, everybody tries to compare the 99. And Jesus, Jesus does want to go after. Jesus is the shepherd, right? Jesus is not going to leave you alone. Why does he leave the 99? So you used to think, well, the 99 now are at risk. Like the prodigal son is another story where this unpacks as well. But why does he leave the 99 there? Anybody have any ideas? They're safer because they're with the 99. The shepherd has to make a decision. He has to make a decision. Do I just stay with my flock and let that, let that one go because it's just, gonna, it's, just, it's just the way nature goes? In this case, they do. The needs, the needs of that little one outweigh the, the needs of the, 99, the other 99. So when, when we think of church and we think of Christianity, we think of ourselves as the flock. When we are worshiping together, because we're not meant to be isolated, what do we say? What is our, what is our slogan? It's it, God, community, right? The mountains, yeah. Community is the important part there. The idea of being in, in, in Christian community will keep you part of the 99. It doesn't mean that the shepherd cares less about you. He knows that for that moment in time, while you are safely in community, the devil is going to have a harder time picking you off. And he can, he can as a shepherd, and he has ultimate resources, and he, he can do more things than we can. But he has ultimate resources, and he can choose, like he has done, I will follow that, I will go find that lost sheep, and I will bring it back to the flock so that it can continue in community, right? So, that, so when we see the end of uh, Matthew 18, chapter 14, verse 14, sorry. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So th- I find that interesting, the, that negative phrase. So it is not the will of my Father. Usually we talk about God's will, what it is, what God's will is for us. But here, here, uh, here the, Matthew is... Uh, writing, and he's being clear and saying, this is not God's will, that you should be alone. You should be apart from me. You were designed to be with me. You were designed to be part of my flock, my little, my flock. And, and in, uh, in the, the thing we just read, sorry, John chapter 10, I love the book of John, by the way. John is, if you're ever, uh, you're ever in need of walking people through what the gospel is, the, John is the love letter, if you will, for, for that, uh, for the gospel. And if we continue on, what verse did we end in there? Verse uh, 10, I believe, right? 11, sorry, verse 11. So verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. All right, then he continues on and talks about he is a hired hand. Um, and what happens when danger comes? Verse 13. Verse 13 of chapter, John chapter 10. He flees. The hired hand will flee because he cares nothing for the sheep. He doesn't care about the flock. So the uh, shepherd has to be very careful who he, uh, who he asks to shepherd his, with him. 
And then he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me. So I want to challenge, I just want to leave, I want to leave you with this. God is, God is coming for the lost and he's coming for us. He will not leave you. He will not leave you. If you want to run away because either you, you get lost or you just want to run away and don't want to be in community anymore, he's not going to stop pursuing you. He knows that it's dangerous. And we talk about this with kids. We talk about this with uh, when, we tr- when, we, when, you're, when you're raising your kids. We talk about this with grandkids. We talk about this with our friends. We, we need to be in Christian community with one another in order to protect ourselves. Because if we are truly like sheep, we don't have the only defense we have against the, against the devil, against the devil, we t- it talks about being a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If that is true, then if you think you can go this alone, that's where we get in danger. If you think you can do it alone, that's where you get into trouble. That's where you, you stop watching your backside and you say, I don't care. I can do this. And you really are not equipped to stand against the wolf that wants to eat you by yourself. You need to have the fellowship and the community of the, of the body of believers. And it doesn't even have to be like a large body. This is not a large body of believers. A group of two, three, four, five people that you can continually be in relationship and community with. And the larger body, of course, helps. Being part of the larger flock is important as well. And the larger churches, because you guys realize that this is not the only church in the world, right? So that's, that's important to, to, to re- remember as well. So, all right. So I want to pray and leave you guys with that. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to speak uh, to the church. I thank you for the way you have uh, built us and called us to uh, be in community together. I thank you that you are the good shepherd, that you will lay down your life for us, Lord, that you will go out and allow, uh, allow us to be found and seek hard after us and come rescue us, Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the snow that's falling. I pray that it falls heavily. In your name we pray. Amen.